Hello and welcome to Women Inspiring Women, a series of podcasts um, aimed at doing just that. Um, Today I am talking to Sue Blackhurst. Uh, Sue has had a very varied career over the last 30 years, which she'll share with us soon, and um, is now uh, the founder of a very successful training company. She's also a professional photographer and has recently started a YouTube channel um, which aims to uh, share her skills with people both in training in a professional sense and also on an everyday practical sense. So um, very interesting lady and um, we're looking forward to talking to her. So, Sue, hi. Thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Why don't you start with um, a brief uh, rundown of all the things that you've done in your very varied career? (laughs) I think varied is the word. I think definitely. I think what probably um, sums up my career more than anything else over the past, probably, say, 30 years, is how bizarrely everything's connected and it seems to be doing full circle. I'm a great believer in life that... Everything that happens for a reason. Yeah. People you meet, I think experiences you have, everything definitely has a part to play and you should really cherish whatever it is, no matter how insignificant it, ha- it seems at the time. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're doing, no matter how um, unrelated to your future goals it may be, it's not. It's there for a reason to prepare you for something down the line. Yeah. That's how I'd sum. Is that how you would look at opportunities as they come along? Uh, I Sometimes think, we don't know we have an opportunity. No, and I think, I think that's the absolute key. You don't know you have an opportunity because whatever's happening to you at that time, you may think, you know, you look down the line and you go, you know, I want to be um, an accountant, mm. let's say, for example. And you have got a Saturday job and you're working for Starbucks, let's say, for example. And you think, no, no, here I am making coffee and I want to be an accountant, so I'll just get through this and just, you know, take the money and run. Well, actually, what you're doing is learning so many skills that will take you into your job down the line that when yeah. you actually get to that, you'll look back and say, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be doing this to the level I'm doing it today. Yeah. And I think that's why I say it, it's things may not seem related, but I think what I'd say to anybody out there, particularly young people, mm. is, is everything has a purpose mm. and seize every opportunity that's out there. Yeah. And take as much out of it as you can do. Absolutely. Be the best. Yeah, Be the best absolutely. you can be. Don't just see it as a stopgap. Be the absolute best. Yeah. And, and looking back at my career now, I mean, I started off, um, when I was at school, all I wanted to be at the time was a TV um, makeup artist. Mm-hmm. So we're going back, ooh, 30s, And at the time then, there wasn't such a job. I mean, makeup artists now, they're, they're all over the place, you know, and there's so many girls these days want to be makeup artists, and it's a big thing. Instagram, you know, it, it, it's huge. In those days, my career advisor at school told me to get a job in boots. They said, go and get a job in boots, but behind the counter, and I was just like, you have no idea what it is that I want to do. Um, the best I could do at the time was to go to college for three years and train as a hair and makeup, uh, hair makeup a hairdresser and beauty therapist. Mm-hmm. So it was nothing to do with makeup. It was hairdressing and beauty therapy, but there was the only thing actually out there regarding a course. And looking back, there were three colleges in the country. There was um, Manchester, Birmingham and London that did the course. So I went up to Manchester every day. Now I'm, I'm what, I'm 16 years old, living in Preston and... I would get two trains into Manchester, 
and get two trains back. So I get the train probably about, you know, quarter past seven in the morning and I'll probably get home, you know, something like about seven o'clock at night. It's a long day. It's a long day. You're 16 and, you know, I was going to do something I wanted to do, but that for me really got me into this, into this thing that says it was never um, too far, too much hard work. Mm. And if it's something that you want to do, the fact is in Manchester didn't put me off. It doesn't need to be on your doorstep. Yeah. So sometimes you have to go a bit out of your way to find something. And I think sometimes people could be a bit too soft. Can I say that? Is yeah, it? I think it's yeah. fair enough. And I think that, you know, these today of, of transport, etc. go and find what you want to do and don't let that put you off. So that was great. I did three years there. Absolutely loved it. Did very well. And came out of it and got a job, which is what the college sort of led you to do, in a, in a beauty salon. And I hated it because it's not what I wanted to be. And mm. I, I worked in this salon in Blackpool. And um, and it, it, it's hard after three years training, then you're going into a job because that's what you've trained to do. And you sit back and you think, but this isn't where I wanted to be. I wanted to be a makeup artist. And I did it and I gave it my all. And I, I, did, I did learn stuff. But what I would say to people is, I knew it wasn't right. Yeah. I knew it wasn't the future for me. So it was probably about, um, Ooh, six or eight months down the line and you know I, I, I gave 100% but I realised it wasn't to me and I remember my parents had gone away they'd gone travelling around Australia and um, I was at home by myself and sat having a cup of tea in the morning opening the newspaper and I'd be what 20 21 maybe and there was an advert saying would you like to live and work in the sun and I thought yeah I'll have a bit of that so I applied to Thompson Holidays and I went to Leeds for my first interview, which was great, but they said to me, I wore too much makeup and too much jewellery at the time. Have fun. Yeah, it was just, this just said, no, go down, so you'll get through the next interview, but this is not about you looking like a beauty therapist. So they said, go to this interview. So then I got the train to London, my parents were still away, but because I'd been travelling backwards and forwards to Manchester by train, it was nothing for me to just go and hop on a train to London. Yeah. It was easy. So as I'm saying, you're confident. I was confident to, to travel and to go and, and not, not see it like it was a long way away. So I went out to London. I stayed overnight in a hotel, went to my interview the next morning, spent a full day at Greater London House in Hampstead with Thompson Holidays, did all these sort of tests. And they went, yeah, you've got the job. Go through to this next department and have your uniform picked. Right. So you had, um, at the time, the option of picking, there was basically two sides were started repping. You picked Spain or Greece. Everything else like, was called rest of the world, but you couldn't do that until you'd done, you know, if you, if you've got a few years with them. So I chose Spain, picked up my uniform, came home, got my flight details. I think my parents probably arrived home from Australia on the Friday. And I think on the Monday, they drove me to Manchester Airport and I flew to Spain. Exciting and times. It was, it was, it was fantastic. And, you know, it just says that it wasn't the career path I was taking. However, it had a huge, huge impact on my life. And, Did it in what way? Um, I was, um, I was still about 20, 21 and come from a really stable home, lovely home, very caring parents and everything was happy. You know, everyone loved each other. Everyone was hunky-dory. And I went abroad and I realised that life isn't like that. And when you are, you know, a girl and you're pushed through into departure lounge at Palmer Airport 
and there are 14 hour flight delays and you have families there with great careers and jobs and they've got young babies and they've run out of baby food, they've run out of nappies and they've no money and they're obviously very, very anxious about the families and they pin you up against the wall screaming at you to find a plane and get you home. Yeah. Um, well, the first time that happened to me, I cried. I just, I stood there, I burst into tears mm-hmm. because I don't think I'd ever been spoken to in my life like that. Yeah. Um, and, and heard and felt so much anger. Um, I came out of the departure lounge and I went to my team leader and said, oh my God, they've shouted at me. And Julie, she was called, and she just laughed and said, welcome to the world of repping. Now get back in there. Get back in there, she said. It's not you they're shouting at. You've got a job, you've got a uniform on, go out there. And it, it, it was the best grounding in life for me because I've got nobody protecting me. I've not got mum and dad behind me yeah. saying it's okay, we'll step in. You're on your own. You're facing people who have got major, major problems. Well, actually, not the people with problems, yeah. not problem people. And I think you have to differentiate. And you soon learn to say, these are people, and I understand. They've got a young baby and they've no baby food. Mm. Um, and my role was to go and help. And so once I sort of changed my mindset than going, these people are shouting at me, they hate me, and they're, you know, I'm, I'm the cause of their pain, it was they're turning to me and they really need me. I have the uniform on. And you do come out a bit like a superhero. Yeah. You put your, your repping uniform mm. on, you, you go out there. And what that taught me was, I think, a huge part in dealing with angry people, dealing with conflict, customer service, mm-hmm. um, relationships and self-confidence um and i think i you know this says isn't it you go off into the military go out a boy come home a man yeah i think i went out a child and came home an adult yeah because all of a sudden my level of of self um self-confidence to deal with anything very little phased me after that yeah um and so it was a great opportunity in life i think you're right when you said about the mindset Mm. It is a lot to do with your mindset, isn't it? And um, it's it's a huge yeah. part of mindset because uh, you know you, you see the people and a lot of the you know the, the reps out there and you know then you used to see the younger ones coming after you and it wasn't age when I say younger ones I would say less experienced it wasn't age related it was experience related and I turned from being somebody that used to fear conflict to actually relishing conflict. Enjoying the challenge. I love the challenge because there was nothing better than knowing, you know, there was a massive flight delay, and I'm talking about, you know, 10, 11, 12 hours, Mm. not just like a couple of hours, where it really does cause major issues to people, major concerns, and it's hot. They're not allowed to leave the airport because they don't know if the flight is going to take off, so there's no specific thing that says, right, I'm going to put you up overnight in a hotel. Um, And that ability to to go into there... And you say, you know, you're thinking in yourself, I need to solve these people's problems. You can't get them a flight, first of all, but what you can do is you can provide baby food, you can find them nappies. So you can go out there, you can go, we used to send it out to the shops, mm. uh, big department stores near the airport, and we just come back with bags and bags of food and nappy, and then take them through to departures. And that sort of going out and doing that and seeing their faces and they're saying thank you. That goes a long way, doesn't it? Massive. It? Mm. And I think through life I've taken that with every little bit of customer service, and this bears relevance with future jobs down the line, where I just think service is just a massive, massive part of, of, of business. Yeah. I think customer service Any is business. Key. I think service is absolutely key. And the difference being is if some things will go wrong, things always go wrong, and you can't solve it, you can't always put it right, but if you can get that person turning around and coming to you and saying, thank you so much for everything you've done, 
you've not got as a flight, but what you have done is ease the pain. Mm. And I can see how hard you've worked. That goes a long way. Mm. So those two years I spent holiday repping were the foundation, I would say, of me going into business way, way, way down the line. Right. But it, it, was, it was massive. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I loved it. And it was great. But I think it came to the point where um, my life careers have gone into sort of two two year cycles i get to two years and i go this isn't what i wanted to do i've gained loads of skills from it loads of experience yeah um with the people and the job but it's not my future and it's I think steps isn't it? it it is absolutely it's a mm. step i think it's really important to say to anybody out there that if you are in a career and it's a step don't be afraid of when the day comes you say i've You're come to the end the top step now yeah. and i need to go sideways or taking a step up in another business, another industry, that's okay. Hmm. And don't hang it out because I think there's a lot of people out there working in jobs that they're not happy with. That they're not happy with. Yeah. And uh, yeah. whenever I've just got to the point and I've gone, mm, I've done this now. I think that's great advice. Um, mm. You know, obviously people have different responsibilities at different times in their lives, but. Absolutely. You know, never be afraid to, um, if you're not happy, you either put up or shut up, don't totally. you? Totally, yeah. That's been my philosophy. And there's always something else out there. There is, absolutely. You know, it is not the only thing, and, and, it's the, and things happen, things happen in your life that get thrown at you, and it's how you deal with it. It's not what it is, it's how you deal with it. Um, so what came next? So, well, I came back home, and after having two fantastic years, and I said, look, I still wanted to be the makeup artist. I went back to my original goal mm-hmm. and still wanted to do that. And my parents had some friends who had come to stay with them and their daughter lived in London. And I was telling them what I wanted to do and I'd love to live in London. And they said, oh, you must ring Sarah up and go and stay with her. So I did. Again, seize an opportunity. Yeah. I'm also a great believer yeah. that when you want something, it, some greater force, don't ask me the how, what or why, the law of attraction, some force out there presents that to you. Yes. And it's up to you whether you see it and take it. It's there, but you just may not see it. Yeah. Or you may see it and choose not to act on it. Or you don't desire it enough, so you it don't doesn't desire it present enough. itself to Absolutely you. true. Yeah. And I desired this so much, and I had a couple in front of me whose daughter, who I knew the daughter, was in London, and they said, phone her up, and she said, oh, you must come down and stay with me for a few days. And I went... Yeah, and again, let's go back to this first going to Manchester and talk mm. tra- the travel was nothing. It, it was nothing. London was, was next door. So I set myself off on the train to London, went to stay with Sarah, and her neighbour popped round, and her neighbour was a model. And I was saying what I wanted to do, and she said, oh, we've got a spare room in the house. You can come and stay with us, you know, and you can get yourself a flat, but you come and stay with us for a while. Um, I introduced to all my model friends and the agents and my wow, agency. that is a stroke of luck. It was, you know, you just look and think, you know, if the family hadn't been staying at that time, if their daughter hadn't yeah. been there, if she'd not been, it was just, you know, is it luck? Is it meant to be? I don't know. But there's certainly, there's yeah. certainly more to life that we don't see. Absolutely. You know, I think the way we view life, I think sometimes you describe it as... Um, you know, people say it's luck. It, it's, I think it's like you say, seeing opportunities. So I came home on the train, packed up the car with the parents, and they drove me back down to London, uh, to Chiswick, and I moved in with Kirsty, 
and had the spare room and she was Bruce Oldfield's house model. So what that meant is that she was a perfect size 10 Mm-hmm. And he would then fit the clothes to Kirsty, and she could walk up and down when he was making because he was doing Diana's dresses at the time, you know. And it was a huge, uh, it was a huge name. Um, so I started working via Kirsty, um, with Bruce Oldfield. I then met a good friend of mine who I was repping with in Spain. She left repping, um, and she was a nanny and she was working in London as well. So we got back in touch. There was no Facebook, I don't know how we did it, to be honest. I think it was all by mail, because there was no mobile phones. Yeah. I don't know, I can't it's remember. It's weird, isn't it, now? But we got back in back. touch, and I really do not know how. But we met up again in London, and she was the nanny for David and Elizabeth Emmanuel. So I used to go around there. Um, so that led to more work that way. Kirsty introduced me to her agent, and I got working... Um, through the model agency as a makeup artist um, and I was working very quickly and earning when I look back and up there with the absolutely yeah, at the top it was and it was a bit of strange, a strange world a strange life I would say because looking back I probably earned more money doing that job than many of the careers I've done previous or since the, the rates were very, very high for freelance makeup artists. And it was a great, it was a great life. I had a lovely flat. Um, I've got myself a flat down there, West Kensington. And um, I had a really great time, but actually it was quite lonely. Mm. London's a big city. Yeah. Um, the industry is insecure. It's quite transient as well. It is transient. It? Mm. And although I have some really great friends down there, you don't really have that, maybe it's because we're from the north, I don't mm. know. Um, but you work and you go home, then you go to work, and then you go home. Yeah. Um, and it was, it, was, it was great, but what it taught me was resilience. More than anything else, again, it was two years. Um, it taught me a huge amount of resilience. And it's because you're freelance, your next job only came off how good you were in the previous job mm. whether they call you back again um, and if you wanted to work you had to go and find it so I spent hours and hours with my A to Z because again there was no Google Maps no. with my little London A to Z and again you know the tubes were expensive um, so you'd get buses everywhere and you'd walk miles so I, I would walk to find work going to castings for jobs and things um, and you're on your own in a big city and it's tough, hmm. it's really tough. But if you're gonna pay your rent, you have to get work. There wasn't an employer, um, you're self-employed. And what that gave me, I think, is a huge amount of determination um, and graft. Work ethic. A total work ethic. Mm. And looking back at, obviously, building up from the past, you know, my repping, I've now got, you know, conflict, dealing with people and service. Um, you know, I'd, I'd worked in Blackpool with something I didn't want to do and now I was somewhere doing what I wanted to do um, and how hard you needed to work to make it happen and I loved it, it was great but after two years I got a phone call um, and um, a friend of mine, another friend of mine that I trained with at college in hairdressing and beauty therapy she was now managing the recruitment for cruise liners 
for girls to go and work hairdressing and beauty th- hairdressers and beauty therapists on the cruise liners. Right. And she was based at Euston Station. So we met up for coffee and we said, we are desperate for beauty therapists. You don't want to go to Miami, do you? Well, <laughs> you know. There's not, not many people who say, oh, you no, know, I don't fancy I, that. I just, so I think I, I gave notice on my flat and I, I went home um, literally packed my bags and flew to Miami and I think it all happened within about four weeks, three or four weeks and there was a brand new cruise liner it was called the uh, MS Fantasy for Carnival Cruise Liners and I got on the Fantasy Cruise Liners with a whole team of people and we had to set this, this um, all the spa area up ourselves um, and do you know what it was, it was I bet just, that was fun but do you know what it was like? It was like Big Brother House. Really? Yeah, I'd say Love Island. It wasn't like, like Love Island. Nothing's like Love Island. But it was, you put a group of people that I'd never met before, and we're all similar ages, and they were all hairdressers or beauty therapists or fitness instructors or, you know, the gym. Yeah. And there was probably, I think, 19 or 20 of us. And there's a long corridor of cabins on the ship, and we're all in our cabins, two, two, two birth cabins. Um, I've just set the whole area up, but you become friends, literally best friends, because they're your family. Yeah. And we sell And you're living and working together. And you're living and working together. And they become, you know, they absolutely become your closest friends. And to this day, you know, I'm still friends with them. And it was amazing. You travel the world, and you work very hard, you play very hard, earned a pittance. Mm -hmm. Pay was... But you've seen the world and you've, you've got your world. board and lodgings thrown in. And... something else. And, you know, it, it was a fantastic life. And so my work ethics, coming from London about working hard, um, hopefully set in, because it wasn't long I was promoted from being a beauty therapist to being a, a salon manager. And I got another ship and then promoted again, got another ship. I ended up working on a, on a ship in the Far East. Mm-hmm. So I flew to Hong Kong and joined um, what was called the Ocean Pearl and spent 12 months sailing around India, Africa, Southeast Asia, Australia, Maldives. It was hard work. (laughs) It was just amazing. Sounds amazing. It was was a wonderful life. And again, you know, you you look back and think, um, I always people used to say to me, how can you do it and be away from home? But... You know, I was very lucky in having a home where I always had a bedroom. Yeah. My parents said, your, room, your bedroom's over here. I was only ever a flight away. Um, and what you're doing, you're just collecting, I think, life skills. Mm. Mm. You're picking up life skills. It's nice to think you've got a long life ahead of you. And collect as many as you can along the way. Mm-hmm. And don't think you have to be one for life. Yeah, absolutely. Um... You know, and it, and I'll be honest, it wasn't difficult to get these jobs. It's not like you, know, you want to be a fighter pilot or mm. an England footballer. Mm. These are jobs that you apply and the turnover of staff is high and they are out there. Absolutely. Um, so I loved it on the cruise ships. And what I really loved about the cruise ships is the start of every cruise, you have to do big presentations to all the, um, the passengers and they have like the main theatre or whatever. And when the ship sets sail, you go in the theatre and you do a presentation on each department. Well, I was the spa, so I'd have to be there with my microphone and welcome the passengers on board. Mm-hmm. And this is us, I want to introduce myself and my team. And this is what we do. And I love that. Give me the microphone. Really? And, oh, it was. I just, but I'd learnt microphone skills from being a rep. 
Yeah. Because when I was a holiday director and you guide coaches, I couldn't do public speaking. But then, you know, you do welcome parties. And you... You, you got thrown into it. You got really. thrown into it. So I'd used... So again, those yeah. skills were so important because I wasn't afraid of it because I'd done it previously. And I went, thank goodness I've been a holiday rep because now I can do the, the, the speaker. So I loved that. And I just kept thinking, I'd love to go and teach. So I left the cruise ships. I remember my last cruise, we were in Japan. And I just thought, do you know what? It's no longer exciting. Um, the ship went back to Miami. I flew home. Um, I went to local college and signed up to do my teacher training. Wow. Which was two years at college. Mm -hmm. And um, again, that was, you know, it was um, a nice progressive, it was like growing up. Mm. I came home, most of my friends were now married. I'd be probably about, what, 28, something like that. Most of my friends were married, a lot had children, they had houses, they had cars. Very grown up. Very grown up. And I came home and into my bedroom, yeah. my dad's house. Just the same as when you left As it, it. always was. <laughs> and I had, I don't think I'd got any money in the bank. Um, but the most yeah, fantastic. Yeah, wealth of experience. Oh, a photo album. Um, so anyway, I went, so yeah, I went to college, did my two year teacher, teacher training, got a job teaching and loved it. I worked over at Blackpool College, Tansdall, and at Preston College. So I was um, kept really busy and I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. And I just all of a sudden thought, I love this, this. Did you think you'd found your thing then? I did. I did. The imparting of knowledge. Yes. The sharing of skills. What were you sharing? I had two approaches, one to get them through an exam, and two what real life is like, mm -hmm. and I would give them both. So I would, and I think, you know, like, say your driving test, this is what you need to do to drive a car to pass your test, but actually, when you start to drive on your own, you drive more like this. Mm -hmm. um, so I would show them what they needed to do regarding, you know, the beauty therapy, um, skills, etc. I taught a lot of anatomy and physiology, which I really loved, um, which actually again bears, bears relevance because with beauty therapy, there was quite a bit of anatomy and physiology. It was my favourite part of the whole thing, the human body and the brain and everything else fascinated me. Um, so I started working in the science department as well. Um, the teaching I loved, but then I realised actually I loved the teaching, but not necessarily the subject. Growing in mind, I trained to do that, but it wasn't what my career goal was. Mm -hmm. So I went to university and enrolled and did a three-year degree as a full-time student. Um, I applied, well, applied a psychology degree, started with psychology in my final year, I, I went to the applied route. Um, I did a psychology degree. Gosh. Um, so I was down with the kids, being a student. Again? Yeah. I was a mature student, but fortunately I wasn't the only one. Um, and it helped because on my work ethics, I wasn't there for the student life. Yeah. Your purpose was the degree and yeah. uh, the next step. And I found it fascinating. Mm. Absolutely fascinating. Um, finished my degree and went to work over in Weatherby, on the side of Harrogate, as a trainer. So I've got my sort of training presenting type skills, but now I'm changing subject. 
But what was really fascinating for me at this time is I was now training in subjects I'd learned at college from, you know, leadership behaviour, very behavioural based. Yeah. Leadership behaviour, you know, dealing with conflict. And let's go back to my skills as a yeah, holiday rep. Absolutely. I wasn't teaching what I'd learnt from a book or what the you know, what theorists were talking about mm-hmm. with human behaviour. I was speaking from the heart, saying when you're dealing with conflict, this is how people think and feel. This yeah. is what happens. And so it was very applicable. So all the things that I was talking about weren't just through academics, it was also through experience. I think people learn so much better through stories, don't they? Yeah. If you can uh, explain a point by applying it to a story that you've experienced, yeah. the message is so more easily received. It is, and I think the two of the, well, the two sides to my career seem to just meet at the right time mm. in the right place. Um, in Weatherby. In Weatherby, I know. I, I, I would say, you know, having a degree, I think degrees these days, people, because there's apprenticeships, there's loads of different career routes to go down. Mm. Um, what I would say is, for me personally, having a degree open doors not necessarily because of the subject, simply the fact they'd say, have you got a degree? Mm. Um, and that's what it was. It wasn't necessarily this, the subject area. Um, and it, it's been a great benefit in having it. Yeah. So actually having that level of education yeah. has been of use. Um, it seems to put you in a different light to people. They seem to see you with a little bit more... I don't know. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it. What I'm saying is it, it, has, it, is. it has made a difference. Yeah. People have asked... Um, so yeah I loved the training I did that for again it was a two year not intentionally two year cycles but again it was another two years and I remember travelling gosh all over the country um, but commuting every day so again you know you, you look back and um, you know you're commuting every day but it was never a problem because since I was 16 I've been commuting yeah. a decent distance and you loved what you were doing and I loved what I was doing so um yeah, so I did that and I thought one day, do you know what? I could do this for myself. And took that huge plunge, and this is what, 23 years ago now, yeah. into um, setting up my own business. And I remember sat in a spare room in my little house. And so you weren't in the uh, childhood bedroom at this point? No, 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 no. I, I, finally moved, I finally moved out of the childhood bedroom. I had my own house, my first house. And um, yeah, I, I, I had a computer and a little desk in the spare bedroom and I sat there and created at the time, which still is very unique, a sort of training style. And this training style was all about how people learn, but taking it away from um, purely academic, the real life, mm. it was putting people into real life situations so people understood. Um, what it was like, for example, um, if people were doing goal setting, um, you know, people learn smart objectives, mm-hmm. let's, let's say, and you, you talk about these smart objectives, and everybody does that, it's what every trainer out there, business trainer was delivering, where I'd be in a large room, and we'd be playing football, netball, or basketball, something like that, and I'd have two goals at the end of the room, and they'd all have coloured bibs, so it was all very colourful, the business, and I would get them playing netball, and then I'd stop them after a few minutes and I'd say, right, just a minute. And I'd move the two posts beside the room from the ends. I said, right, carry on. 
and just sort of look and wait, you know, that few seconds, hesitate, and then carry on playing. I let them continue to play again, and then I'd remove the actual goalpost. I'd say, carry on playing, and they would stop playing. So why have you stopped? And they go, we haven't got a goal. And that simple Ooh. point would then say, but what happened to remove the goalpost? And it was, well, as long as we knew where the goals were, we could adjust and go to where they were. Yeah. Because we knew. Um, I said, if you were blindfolded and I'd moved them and not told you where they were, would that have affected it? Well, we'd never had a chance of achieving anything because we'd still be aiming to the old goal and yeah. as long as we knew where yeah. we were. When it, so that then enabled us to go into what goal setting really meant. Yes. Rather than people going, I understand smart objectives. Yeah. So what I had from the psychology in all my years of doing things was an approach that still to this day nobody else does. Mm. So I wrote literally hundreds of activities and games around all the, the work, uh, workplace things. I remember a bus company came to me and they had an issue where the drivers would come to what they called was a layover stop. And this stop was where whatever time they got there, they couldn't leave till say four o'clock exactly. So if they got there at 10 to four because there was no traffic or very few passengers mm. to get on the, on the bus, they still couldn't leave. So like a catch up point. And so this stop we'd get to, the drivers would get up and stretch their legs, have a cigarette, but they would never tell the passengers on the bus what they were doing. Mm. So someone would get on the bus, they'd pay the money, then the driver would get off and walk down the road. I, um, I do remember this happening to me on numerous times really? when I was younger. I mean, yeah. And you well, sit there thinking, what the heck are you doing? I'm in a rush. Can I'm you, in a rush, absolutely. We well, the bus company had um, so many complaints that they threw fortune at trying to solve this. <laughs> and they put these bus drivers through customer service courses, through presentation skills courses, and nothing worked. Well, I went in, and a little self-employed from my spare bedroom... And I just went, easy. So they got me a training room. So I said, right, we'll run these courses. And I shut the door, greeted them all, walking in, morning, morning, morning. And they all came in, they all sat down in the, in the training room. And I got to the front and then walked out and got myself a coffee. So the, the door was open in the training That's room. Hilarious. And I sat in the outside, I just got paper and I had a cup of coffee and I waited probably 10 minutes before one of them came out. And no word of a lie, he said, what the FNL's going on? And I went, have you got a problem? And he went, we're sat in there, what are you doing? We've been sat waiting for 10 minutes. And I went, I'm having a break. I actually don't start till this time. That's brilliant. We feel it. And he had a real go at me. And I went, so how do your passengers feel? And in that moment, they went, oh, we get yeah. it. And it, it's, it's, it, it solved it. We then mm. went into the discussing everything for the, the training day. But the, what the training that, that the, business, the business did was place everything into a real life scenario yeah people experienced practical. it it was practical um had children um a little part of me went back to my makeup years because when i was a makeup artist and i worked with fashion photographers and things they used to look at the photographers and think oh, i would love to do that now just let me say Go jigsaw on. training limited which was your yeah. uh yeah. your business that you started up is still very much alive and kicking isn't it oh it's a great business yeah um, uh, my husband takes the business and I'm completely away from that business yeah. now I left that to go into photography yeah. um, and that was probably about 8 years ago now so I was um, I took my daughter to a class at college to ballet or something and there was a big stand saying would you like to be a photographer and I went oh, I'd always wanted to be a photographer and the guy said sign up 
me being the person that goes, yeah, I'll have a go at that. Mm-hmm. Um, enrolled, bought a camera, and what started off probably to be a personal hobby ended up being a full-time, yeah, very successful, successful business. business. Yeah. Um, so much so you've just done. Uh, You've just done my uh, children's I photography. Yes, yeah, yes. class of my children. Done your children. Who, yeah, and, you know, I've had a studio now for, I think, five years. Um, and I work all over the country. Yeah. I do loads with, you know, the NHS. I've worked with celebrities. I've worked with bands. I've worked with... Um, You've got magazines. Magazines, lots of editorial yeah. and fashion and models. And I absolutely love what I do. But then, it never stops, does yeah. it? It never, never stops. stops. No, it and it shouldn't stops. do, I don't think. You know, no. if you, you are a true entrepreneur, it, so you're always evolving to the next step. It is, and I think what's great is that you should always look and go, what other opportunities are there out there? Yeah. Um, and it's not a case of getting bored. It's a case of, what else have I not yet fulfilled? Yeah. What other things are there that I would like to do whilst I have the chance? It's continuing to grow, isn't it? You don't just yeah. get to a certain point mm. and say, right, that's enough. Mm. I've not, I've done my mm. growing. This is me. Well, it, some people, I guess, do, but I think certainly yourself, that is not going to be the case. Um, it's. Um, I'm still too young, she says. Um, I've, there's too many things out there. And I think as the children grow up, as the children grow up, um, it's really nice, apologies at my phone, I think it's really nice that they see parents working. Mm-hmm. I think it's great for them to understand. It sets a great example to them and yeah. I think helps them to feel that passion to yeah. achieve. It, it shows them that actually they're working hard. You know, my son's just done his GCSEs, my daughter's doing her GCSEs this, this coming year. And I think it's lovely for them to sit down and go, if you want something, you, you have to work for it. Absolutely. You get back what you put in. So that led me to do my, fi- my, my latest venture. And this really is, I take, I'm taking all my life skills now. I'm taking all the years of my um, academics mm-hmm. coupled with the practical experience and it's all on YouTube. Fantastic. So I've done four videos now. Brilliant. So I'm doing one a week um, to start off with and start off with being that's it'll get more videos um, and so each video I'm looking at something that I hope and think people would find of not only interest but of benefit personally and professionally. Yeah. And it could be anything from, you know, custom service mm-hmm. to management to looking at dealing with children. But it's all around psychology and behaviours and all about um, little hints and tips. Yeah. That that I'd like to think people would watch and go, do you know what? You've just given me six tips. Yeah. Three of those are useful. Mm. Can relate to them. I can relate to them. Not all of them, but some people pick up a different three or four, whatever, and they take these tips. Um, and what I'm currently doing is taking all the courses that I've done um, and they're going to go online too. 
Fantastic. So rather than actually me having to be the trainer and go out in person to all the businesses, mm -hmm. they have now the ability to download videos and worksheets and I talk people through things. So the courses that will be going online will be everything from presentation skills to dealing with conflict, um, personal relationships, yeah. you know, understanding people and relationships. Mm -hmm. um, so these courses that I've, I've already got the courses, but I'm now just obviously trying to get them ready to be um, downloadable, they will eventually go online. But I'm already talking to people through YouTube from America and Australia Fantastic. that, you know, going, oh, I've watched your video, I found this really interesting, yeah. and conversations. So the idea is these courses then go, when I say worldwide, I'm not going to say worldwide. As Why in, not? Yeah, it is. It's accessible because of YouTube. That is the beauty of yeah. social media. Absolutely. It, it, it's a huge thing with social media. And I was against social media. And I was always one that said to the kids, you know, social media is no, leave it alone. Mm -hmm. But actually, I think you have to realise and sometimes you have to go, embrace it. Yeah, yeah, it's here. Hey, Sue, we're podcasting <laughs> right now. <laughs> I know. Who'd have ever thought it? I know, I know. Back in the day when we were both on the PTA together. Oh, my word. Those were the days. If we could, um, if we, yes. if we could have uh, YouTube those, that. Absolutely. Those days. But yeah, so it is, and I'm really enjoying it. But the YouTube's very early days, but going exceptionally well. But the, you know, it's a, it's a two year plan. If I know you, so it will be a huge <laughs> success. And um, I'll give it my all. I'm going to call you two years soon now. Two years. <laughs> <laughs> from now on. Yeah, everything's in two years. Apart from two photography. Years yeah, that, that's the one I've, yeah. And Eight years I won't there. give the photography up. The photography is still always going to go because I just love doing it so much. Yeah. And I've got great clients. You and know. you've got a huge skill, um, you know, skill set there. Yeah. You, you have a real eye for it's, that uh, photograph, that, that great photograph. So it's been absolutely fascinating talking to oh, you. thank you. Um, I think we'll revisit again when the YouTube um, becomes bigger and bigger. I'm fascinated to see where that goes. Well, and, you can um, see it. Uh, you can, I think you could probably just Google Sue Blackhurst on I was going to say, let's tell everybody how they can find you. So I would imagine um, at the moment, I don't have a personal name for my YouTube. I've not got that far yet. But I think if you just put... In YouTube, Sue Blackhurst. Sue Blackhurst. And also your Facebook. Up. And Facebook. You can find you on Absolutely. Sue Blackhurst just on Facebook. Sue, Sue Blackhurst will take you to my page. And as far as photography goes, we've got Susie Q. Susie Q, yeah. Which came from my friends who always call me Susie Q. Mm. I have to say, the girls would always say, come on, Susie Q, come on, SQ as they call me. Yeah. So when I went into photography, it was, um, come on, Susie Q, you need to name for your business. Name. I think it's a great brand yeah. name. So, yeah, if anybody's looking for Susie Q or Sue Blackhurst, Facebook, YouTube, yeah. um, and also have a look, uh, have a little Google of Jigsaw Training Limited if that's something that you think your company could benefit and your staff could benefit from. So, thank you, Sue. Thank you very much for having me. We'll say goodbye at this point. Thanks for listening, everybody. Drop us a comment um, if you have any, and... Uh, I look forward to bringing you the next episode of Women Inspiring Women. Thank you.